Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, our next guest has got his finger on the pulse of Michigan football. And he understands what you're going through, too, in the Pacific Northwest. Austin Meek, former columnist at the Eugene Register Guard, now lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and works for The Athletic, and does a hell of a job covering Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, writing about Harbaugh. Is Michigan going to have to vacate some wins? Does that sideshow with the signal stealing or the sign stealing have anything to do with what we're going to see on Monday. I'll be in Houston for the national championship game. Washington playing Michigan. Austin Meek will be there. And we really are bringing him on this time. Austin Meek, formerly of the Eugene Register Guard. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Hey, John. It's good to hear your voice, too. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Houston. And I'm looking forward to a good game in Houston. I I think this is going to be a really compelling matchup. Give us an idea of what it's just felt like this year because we're all, you know, thousands of miles away watching the circus atmosphere and the stories about the sign stealing, And but you were right in the middle of it. What has it been like? It really did feel like being in the eye of the storm. If there was a period of time there uh, for about a month of the season where it just felt like every single day there was something coming out about Michigan. The story had, had so many so many layers to it you know you you kind of had to uh you had to keep your bearings because uh the michigan fan base got pretty deep into it a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories a lot of uh a lot of rumors floating around out there about you know the sign stealing investigation and how it started and where it started uh it's pretty pretty wild story i've never covered anything like this in in my time covering college football I uh, probably never will again, um, and it's it's pretty remarkable, I think, to be here now talking to you a few days from the national championship game with Michigan in this game because when all this stuff was going on, I, I certainly was not was not convinced that Michigan was going to be able to to come through this in one piece and and be able to make it all the way to the championship game. Yeah, you you were in Pasadena on Monday for the Rose Bowl, very cool setting there, very uh, outstanding finish. You talked to Michigan's athletic director, and you sort of captured what the program has been through. Um, you know, what? Give us an idea, like from Ward Manuel's position, the athletic director at at Michigan. You know, he feels like he's got the right guy in Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fascinating relationship with Jim Harbaugh and Michigan and and Ward Manuel, the athletic director. You know, Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel were teammates at Michigan. Uh, they go way back. Um, and they've they've been through the ups and downs uh, during Jim Harbaugh's time here. You know, there there was a point in time just a few years ago when a lot of Michigan fans thought Ward Manuel should fire Jim Harbaugh. Ward Manuel brought him back on a reduced contract after Michigan went two and four in 2020, and a lot of fans were mad about it. Uh, well, that worked out pretty well for Michigan. <laughs> they were only uh, 40 and three, I believe, over the last three seasons. Um, and now the question for Ward Manuel is, can he get Jim Harbaugh to sign another contract extension uh, 
or is there going to be an NFL team like the Chargers that's going to come in and uh, give Jim Harbaugh an offer he can't refuse? Um, you know, Ward Manuel after the game, um, somebody asked him, like, hey, are you going to try to get Jim Harbaugh to sign that contract on the plane home? Ward Manuel said, I'm trying. Um, but I think everybody at Michigan understands that the NFL is going to come calling again for Jim Harbaugh in this offseason. And it's just a matter of, does he get the offer, uh, the right offer to leave Michigan, or can Michigan figure out a way to hang on to him? Tell me how Monday's game factors in this, you know, meaning. If Harbaugh wins a national championship, more likely, less likely to come back. If he loses the game, more likely, less likely. Is it a factor? It might be a small factor, John. I think I think uh, winning the Rose Bowl, I think for Michigan, um, you know that that alleviated a lot of that pressure. I think if Jim Harbaugh had lost in the semifinals of the college football playoff three years in a row. That that might have eaten at him. Um, I think to get over that hump and to win that game and to beat Alabama, uh, I think that that you know I think that that was a stamp of legitimacy on everything that that Jim Harbaugh has built at Michigan. Now I think certainly uh, the job is not done from Michigan's perspective. This team really from day one said their goal was to win a national championship. Uh, they're not going to be satisfied to just get to this game. They they have put everything into winning this game and, and winning the national championship. I think if Michigan wins the national championship, it certainly would be uh, would be fitting in a way for Jim Harbaugh to be able to ride off into the sunset and feel like he accomplished everything that he wanted to accomplish at Michigan. Uh, but even if he loses, you know, I, I, you never say never, and Michigan certainly could get back to this point. Uh, but I think what he's accomplished already at Michigan – um, is you know as as much as anybody could have realistically hoped or or dreamed for looking at where the program was a couple of years ago. The Michigan special teams in the Rose Bowl were terrible. I mean, you had the missed field goal, bad snaps, muffed return. I think they were a man short on a punt return. Has that been something all year? Or was it was it a Rose Bowl big game thing? What was going on there? You know, they've been pretty good all year. Special teams have been a strength for Michigan. Honestly, throughout Jim Harbaugh's tenure, they were very good in 2021 and 2022. Not as good this year because Michigan had to replace pretty much everybody on that special teams unit, but but they made it through the season without really having any big special teams gas. But, wow, it really almost cost them in that game. Um, if Michigan had lost that game, we all would be spending all week talking about Michigan special teams because – from the muffed punt on the on the first first punt return to the missed field goal to the muffed punt at the end that almost was a disaster for Michigan. Really, it, it was all across the board on that special teams unit. I I tend to think it was probably some big game jitters for some guys who hadn't been in that position before, and maybe they got that out of their system and they'll be better in the national championship game. But it it was rough. That was as bad as I have seen Michigan special teams look at any point since I've been covering the team. You wrote about J.J. McCarthy prior to the Rose Bowl and his ritual in the pregame. Uh, everybody's talking about Michael Penix Jr. this week, but give us an idea what you learned in writing that piece about J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback. Well, J.J. McCarthy, I think he has the complete package that NFL teams are going to be looking for. Uh, it, when they look for a guy who's going to be able to lead a franchise, it's obviously the the arm talent 
the ability to process the game, the athleticism. He's a very good runner. But I think one of the things that J.J. McCarthy brings to the table is, is just his attitude and his mindset. I don't think I've ever seen that guy, maybe with a couple exceptions, without a smile on his face. Um, he wasn't smiling after Michigan lost to TCU last year. He got up and walked out of the press conference after one question. But 99% of the time that I've been in a room with J.J. McCarthy, he just sort of radiates a positive energy. And I think that's very intentional. He he has his pregame meditation routine that he does where he sits with his back to the goalpost. Uh, he does some breathing exercises. He listens to, to some special music that that he uh, that he likes to listen to, just to clear his head, uh, to get in the right headspace for the game. And I think, you know, one thing that he is able to do is move on from a bad play. Um, he almost threw an interception on the first play of the Rose Bowl. Uh, at the end of the game, Michigan was down seven. The offense had really been struggling. He stepped up and made some really big throws. So he's he's pretty unflappable out there. Uh, and I think he's a really good quarterback. I think I think we're going to watch him play in the NFL for a long time. It's just a matter of does he win a national championship at Michigan before he goes? We're talking to Austin Meek of the Athletic, covers Michigan football, been on the beat all year long. Uh, Jim Harbaugh hires Don Yee to handle the NFL inquiries. Is he just driving up the value? Is he just exploring what's out there? What is he doing? Well, the thing to understand about Jim Harbaugh, he does this every year. He did it last year. He did it the year before that. He wants to know what's out there for him. He he is not the kind of coach who's going to prematurely sign a contract and close off his options until he's really explored what's out there. Uh, we know that he got on the plane in after the 2021 season to interview for the Minnesota Vikings and would have taken the job if it had been offered to him. It wasn't offered to him. He came back to Michigan. Last year, he had conversations with the Broncos. He is interested in going back to the NFL. Everybody I've, I've talked to has said that. But it takes the right team to hire Jim Harbaugh, a team that you know is willing to kind of put up with everything that comes with Jim Harbaugh being your football coach. Uh, and it takes the right offer. And that hasn't come together for him yet. Um, it could come together for him this off season. It feels like this could be the time. Uh, certainly having Don Yee working on his behalf is a sign that he's serious about it. Uh, but, you know, he's done this before, and he's ended up back at Michigan, and I think that that is still a possibility. Defensively, Michigan's got to deal with Michael Penix Jr. How do they stop him, Austin? Well, first I think they got to get pressure on him. Uh, that's something that Michigan did really well against Alabama and Jalen Milrow. They sacked Jalen Milrow six times. Really, in the first half, Alabama couldn't block Michigan's front. Uh, but this is a different challenge because uh, Michael Penix gets the ball out quickly. Jalen Milrow had a tendency to hold the ball and scramble around back there. Um, and Michael Penix is just, you know, it, it's a completely different challenge because he's such a precise thrower. He throws such an accurate deep ball. Um I think that Michigan's secondary is going to have to play the best game they've played this season. They really haven't faced a lot of dynamic quarterbacks this season. Uh, Michael Penix is, is just going to be a different kind of challenge, especially when you pair him up with this wide receiving core that Washington has, which I think maybe is the best that Michigan has played all season. 
they played Marvin Harrison Jr. in Ohio State, and that's a very good receiving core, but I'm not sure that Washington's isn't better top to bottom. Um, so it's going to be a huge challenge for, for Michigan's defense. Um, but I think it's a challenge they're ready for. That, that defense has been the strength of the, of the team all season um, and came up big in the Rose Bowl. You know, After a couple disappointing performances in the playoff, the defense hadn't been good the last couple years in the playoff, but they, they really showed up in the Rose Bowl. Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA going into the Big Ten next year. I know you know, your ears probably perked up from your time and covering the Pac-12, seeing those teams come in. How are they going to fare in the big in today's Big Ten? John, I think that they will compete. I really do. I mean, I watched a lot of Big Ten football this year, um, and there was not a lot after you got through the first two or three teams in the Big Ten uh, that really impressed you. Iowa was in the Big Ten championship game, and they couldn't score. Uh, they were dreadful on offense. Now, they, they play good defense. There are good defenses in the Big Ten. Penn State has a good defense. Uh, but if I'm Oregon or Washington, I am, I am not intimidated coming into the Big Ten thinking like, oh, you know, can we, can we compete with the, the big, bad Big Ten? Uh, Michigan and Ohio State are always going to be good because they recruit at a high level and develop at a high level. Penn State is always going to have good athletes, but once you get into the middle of the of the Big Ten, uh, there's there's room for a team like Oregon or Washington to come into this league and and really make some hay. And I, I expect those teams to contend. I really do. Austin Meek with the Athletic. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this game and everybody talks Penix. You know, we, we can talk about Michigan's defense. What do you think the keys to the game are? Because you have a sense of what Michigan needs to do well. Well, I think Michigan needs to score. Um, their offense can go into go into hibernation at times, as it did against Alabama. The offense really was MIA for a big chunk of the second half until that last drive, and they they did it when they needed to. They made they made the plays they needed to make to win that game, but they're going to have to make more of them against Washington because I think Washington's going to be able to score. Uh, I think this I think Michigan needs to go into this game thinking they need at least thirty points on the board from their offense. And I think they need to force a couple turnovers. Michigan has been good at, at taking care of the ball. They've, they've been uh, ahead in the turnover margin pretty much all year. Michael Penix will throw an interception here and there. Uh, and I think Michigan needs to go into the game thinking that they, they're going to get a couple takeaways and they're going to take care of the ball on their own side. And then if they, can, if they can move the ball on offense, I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I like Washington. I think Washington's receivers and quarterback combination, I've just seen them do it all year long. It's hard for me to imagine them not doing it uh, for one more game. But, uh, you know, I, you know, in, in the Big Ten Conference, you talked about the passing challenges. You know, what has Michigan seen from a quarterback-receiver standpoint? What kind of attacks have they experienced this year? Yeah, I mean, the best one they faced certainly was Ohio State, uh, Primarily, you know, with the receivers, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka, uh, th- those are, are two really difficult wide receivers to defend, and Michigan did a nice job on those guys. Uh, but at the quarterback position, Michael Penix is going to be the best quarterback Michigan has, has faced this year, maybe by a pretty wide margin. You know, Kyle McCord did not have a great game against Michigan. Um, Jalen Milrow didn't have a great game against Michigan. Now, Michigan had a lot to do with that, um, but I just think especially the ability to attack downfield 
uh, from Michael Penix is just it's it's a different thing than Michigan saw for for most of the Big Ten season. Um, so a guy like Will Johnson at cornerback, and he was a five-star recruit, one of the most talented players on the roster. Um, he's going to have a huge huge challenge in this game, uh, and really that whole secondary is because they just you know they've played well when they've been tested, but they just haven't been tested as much as as some other defenses around the country. The Eugene Register Guard, not the same without you. We all we have lamented the downfall of newspapers. It's great to see you doing well. But what do you remember from your time as a sports columnist at the Register Guard? And and I'm not even going to tell you what that paper looks like today. You probably have heard from people, but it's just it's sad to see them not covering things the way that they used to cover them when you were there. Yeah, man. I tell you what, John. This it really kind of brings it full circle to me to be headed to the, the CFP championship game because it was 2014, right? Uh, you and I were in, uh, yeah. in Dallas at, uh, at Jerry world to cover Oregon and Ohio state in the first college football playoff championship game. Uh, and now we're, we're getting ready to cover the last of the four team playoff championship game. Uh, so a lot has, changed in in 10 years um you know we were we were rolling pretty deep 10 years ago i think there were uh probably four or five of us from the register guard uh in dallas to cover that game and you know it's a great memory um a highlight of of my uh of my career to be there and cover that game it it was not a game that you know turned out the way oregon wanted it but um still pretty special for oregon to be playing on that stage um i know they're they're really trying to get back there so yeah um, I feel fortunate to still be doing this, you know, 10 years later. Uh, it, it, things change fast. Like, it's crazy to think about how, how the world has changed in, in 10 years. Uh, but, yeah, I feel, feel fortunate to be able to do, it, do this still and uh, to be getting ready to cover another championship game. I will see you in Houston on Monday. Uh, big game, Pac-12's finale. I guess it's the last game that a, that a Pac-12, as we know it, team will play uh, in, a, in a playoff setting. And, Looking forward to next year in the playoff as well. Austin Meek, thank you for giving us your time. I know you're busy. You can read him uh, on The Athletic, and you can find him on Twitter. Austin Meek, appreciate you, man. All right, man. Travel safe. I'll see you in Houston. I will see you there. There he is, former columnist in the Eugene Register Guard. And, uh, look, I think it's really been sad to see what has happened to newspapers. There's still a lot of good people working in those newsrooms across the country, especially in college towns and regional papers that, you know, there's a lot of hardworking, good people working there, but they're fighting a fight that, you know, management and corporations don't want to fight. And the downfall and the plight of newspapers, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this show, and I think it's really been sad to see, but I'm glad to see that outlets like The Athletic have popped up. You all know that I'm writing at johnconzano.com. You can read me there. Um, you know, I, I just uh, continue to kind of shake my head and go, oh, gosh, there's an audience out there. There's an appetite for good writing, good reporting, sourced in-depth rep- reporting and writing. And, um, you know, it's just sad to see what's uh, what's become of papers. Anna's going to pop in the studio in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about Oregon. Oregon played in that national championship game, 2014, 2015, uh, 2014 football season, 2015 Rose Bowl 2015 national title game against Ohio State. That is the only Pac-12 team until this year that has competed for the national championship in the college football playoff era. 
Washington now getting there against Michigan on Monday. But what would it take to get Oregon back to a championship game? We'll talk about that with Spencer McLaughlin coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Plus, we'll talk about Oregon State's plight. They've got a different path. But nonetheless, it is a path that Trent Bray and the Beavers could take in fashioning together a season that could put them in the playoff. Is it possible Oregon State gets in the playoff next year? We'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour as well. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.